Hello. Welcome back once again to the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast. This is a truly special episode. John and Wendy talk to Mark and Dennis from the Hostile Work Environment Podcast. And I'm Wendy. John, I I feel like we need the uh, ABC after school special music or something since we've got a very special episode tonight. (laughs) (laughs) I'll work on it. My audio guy will do something. But this is is exciting. I'm thrilled. It's uh, a nice way to spend... uh, a day. It's uh, we've got rain here in South Dakota. It is just a perfect day to stay inside and drink some hot coffee or hot chocolate. So, or that hot toddy maybe sometimes too. Or a hot toddy, yeah. Well, but, don't have a lot of this stuff in the house, but. <laughs> well, as I said, this is incredibly special, and and you know I'll just say real very quickly, uh, I I found out about the uh, hostile work environment podcast right at the outset. Uh, saw some things about it on. LinkedIn and, and some word about it, and I just got hooked immediately. I'm a big fan of these guys, and I'm so appreciative that you know I reached out to them and said, "Hey, let's make this thing happen," because I think we think there's going to be a lot of uh, a lot of great conversation, and excited to, to talk not only on our podcast, but then hey, special alert to our listeners, we're going to be appearing on the Hostile Work Environment podcast as well. So if you haven't listened to their show, you're going to want to do that, and then you're going to mm-hmm. want to go back and listen to their back catalog too. So right. Uh, when I'll let you make the introduction and we'll get going. Sure. So um, I uh, thank you to John for introducing me to the Hostile Work Environment podcast. Um, I've been enjoying it. I look forward to it every week. Um, so Mark and Dennis are both employment law- lawyers uh, in Portland, Oregon. Dennis works for Bullard Law, a mid-sized Portland firm specializing in labor and employment law. He represents clients small and large in the Pacific Northwest. Mark started his own small employment firm, Four Peaks Employment Advisors, about a year ago. Uh, he advises employers, uh, conducts independent investigations, and uh, trains employees all over on employment law topics. And uh, obviously, they both also are the co-hosts for the Hostile Work Environment podcast. And we are just thrilled uh, to have both of you here and, and talking with you. I, I'm giddy about how uh, how much fun this is going to be. So, Mark and Dennis, welcome to the podcast. And our first question is always, what's in your glass? Well, what an intro. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we are so pleased to be here. I want to listen to that podcast now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, well, here in Portland, it is still before 11 in the morning. Not that that necessarily means anything. <laughs> right. Uh, but I will say I have um, some hot tea in my my mug here. It's uh, some Celestial Seasonings apple cinnamon tea. Oh, that's good. Uh, I like that tea. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. That's my thing. My that's morning drink. Idea. I had absinthe, but I drank it. <laughs> <laughs> And it, you know, it's still before 11. Sure. Hey, so we don't hit the hard stuff until later. What's the he song he, he drank his mug very quickly. Uh, it's, all, it's all gone now. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> we've got a new brew pub opening uh, here in uh, South, working South Dakota. And so my husband and I are hoping to catch that this afternoon. But it's a little early here as well to have anything more than coffee or tea in your glass. So I hear you. It's two o'clock here in Virginia, and it well, it's five o'clock somewhere. But uh, right. <laughs> I, I have to ask, guys, and, and again, as I mentioned, I discovered the show very early on, and uh, I get a lot of windshield time. I listen to a lot of podcasts of all different uh, types. 
I'm curious, what led the two of you to launch an employment law podcast? Well, the sort of the genesis of this, if I remember correctly, is Mark and I were out hiking one day, which we do a lot of. We we, we live in Oregon. We hike. It's what it's what people do here. And we realized that whenever we hike, what we usually do is talk about work and law and employment law, in particular, like whatever crazy stuff we're working on that week. And we just kind of realized, like, we should just do this except record it. And <laughs> maybe not while we're hiking and panting and sweating all over the place, but, you know, in, in like the comfy hostile work environment studios that we're in and see if anybody else wants to listen to that nonsense. And it turns out people do. Yeah. It's been quite a ride. So we're about what, about four or five months in now. And yeah, I think we're pushing 20 episodes. Yeah. And we, we, you know, the hike was, was a great kind of aha moment for us to say, like, we laugh at each other's stories. We tell stories to each other all the time. Why don't we find other stories to tell? Obviously, we can't tell our own work stories on the air. Uh, stupid client. Stupid client rules, right? <laughs> but but why don't we find crazy cases and things to talk about and model it on a couple of other podcasts we like and and tell stories because people storytelling is such such uh, an effective way to to get employment law and HR concepts across. And when I do my trainings, I I, I do it that way and. And so we're storytellers first, and then we're employment lawyers second on this podcast. Right. And uh, it seems to be a good balance. We're yeah. still tweaking it. It's, you know. Thank God we're not like tax lawyers or something. It would be the worst podcast <laughs> of all time. <laughs> Luckily, there's enough bad behavior in the workplace that we can have. <laughs> right, right, like, I try to, to take the, the tax lawyer joke. And then I realized the basis was wrong. Oh! <laughs> and then I looked up section 42, subsection EFQ, and yeah, it's shoot us no, now. We're like, no, we get no. to talk about ASCRAD cases. And yeah. that's a yes. lot more fun than, than talking about tanks. Yeah. I don't know, yeah. guys, that Sarbanes-Oxley podcast that I started listening to was awful. awful. Hey, 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 this is a family podcast, John. <laughs> We, we don't we don't do blue. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I work with engineers, so I totally get it. Um, they start talking, and I start glazing over every once in a while. So I, I hear where you're coming from. So with all the changes we've seen in the workplace over the, sat, the past several years, you know, we've got the gig economy, Me Too, which is brand new, um, remote working, flex work schedules. What do you guys see as the biggest challenge to HR professionals? Um, I, I don't. I kind of want to say HR versus legal, but um, <laughs> what, what are some of those challenges that you guys see coming um, that as HR professionals we should probably pay attention to? Um, I'll kick off on this one. I think one of the biggest challenges that HR is going to have is that HR seems to be in front of business when it comes to responding to the Me Too movement. Um, HR gets it and has gotten it for years and years and years. We don't get a lot of great stories about how HR totally blew something. What we get is about how like some middle manager totally blew something. Um, it never got to HR. It never got yeah. to yeah. HR, right? And I think both Mark and I in prior lives have experienced this disconnect between the business that wants to forge ahead, make money, be productive, and HR that's saying, well, hey, wait a minute. 
And, you know, there's what I've seen that's really interesting now that business needs to wake up to is the dollars and cents impact that some of this is having. Um, like Harvey Weinstein, the Weinstein company cannot be sold because nobody wants to touch it. It's like toxic right now. And when you think about what an asset that would have been before the whole Harvey Weinstein thing happened, and now they can't give that company away, it's, it's a shocking loss of value. And out here in Oregon, um, our public pension fund was heavily invested into Wynn Casinos. Oh, wow. And they just filed a shareholder derivative lawsuit against Steve Wynn saying, hey, buddy, your bad behavior cost us a ton of money. We want it back. Wow. I saw that. Yeah. I saw that in the news. So business needs to wake up like, hey, guys, this is no longer just what's nice to do or what's going to be a brief blip of bad publicity, but this is impacting share values. This is impacting, you know, the life of the company. Mm-hmm. I totally, totally agree with that. I would also add, just, this is just a longer term trend, but I retaliation claims, I think, are growing and, and becoming more significant over time. And I, I, I was looking at these statistics recently uh, at EEOC claims. And 20 years ago, when they started tracking EEOC claim statistics, less than a quarter of claims had a retaliation claim included. Now it's half. Wow. Oh, wow. So the, the percentage of claims that include or, or charges filed that include a retaliation claim has doubled over the last 20 years. And that's not going anywhere. And there's, I think, a number of different theories. If it is, it's going up. It's going up. Yeah. yeah. I would agree. And I think one of the reasons for that is it's a fuzzy area sometimes as to what's protected activity. And I think that a lot of plaintiff lawyers are are latching on to that. And retaliation claims are, are extremely difficult to disprove. Yes. Mm-hmm. Especially because of the timing component. Right? right. And if there's a if there's a close timing between a protected activity and an adverse action, it's very hard to disprove early on and get that case dismissed. Uh, on a motion to dismiss or a summary judgment. And so plaintiff's attorneys know that it's going to be more expensive for employers. They're more likely to deal on those claims. And you're going to see more and more of those come up. And where that translates to HR is it's first and foremost an awareness issue. Be aware that that's where the world of employment law is moving. Yeah. And be cognizant of the fact that you are going to have plaintiffs out there looking at at how did you act and when did you act with regard to what yeah. they were what what their clients were doing and i think that that just being aware of the fact that retaliation is always something you need to think about in terms of what employees are thinking or doing or saying uh to me that is that is a key really key area for hr professionals just to be aware of uh, as we see the the number of these go up that's I, you know we actually started doing um training with my supervisors specifically around what is retaliation um because we've had supervisors who would like oh well he this other guy filed a claim so i'm just going to ignore him and not pay attention to him and it's like uh yeah no you can't just ignore somebody (laughs) right and and they could say that well i'm just i'm afraid to say something because i'm afraid of how it's going to be perceived but the fact that then you didn't say anything could also be perceived as the retaliatory act right yep yep and we so, actually, I we actually, uh, you know, I can't talk about it, but we did have something that like that that happened, and it was, 
So then we're like, all right, we got to train you guys. We got to talk about what this is so that you understand um, how to treat people. And so you're not walking on eggshells, but you still can't. You still have to talk to your employees. <laughs> totally agree. Yeah, <laughs> totally agree. You guys typically start with a, this is not legal advice. And we should open that with that, too, because tremendous <laughs> conversation. And, and I hope people are listening and. Under, you know, again, it's not legal right. advice, but hey, I think we, we got uh, got a lot of insight and appreciate that. Now, having said that, as much as one of the things I really appreciate about you guys is that while you're bringing that perspective and that experience, you're also fans of me. I I've said it's you're you're making light of things that are always they're not necessarily funny situations, but we find a way to make light of them. And you're big fans of HR shenanigans. Uh, we can thank one of our previous guests, Kyra Matkovich, came up with that. Twitter hand or Twitter uh, hashtag, but uh, you guys have picked it up as well, and that's one of my favorite parts of the show is when you guys talk about some of the silliness. <laughs> can, you, can you talk a little bit about and and again, uh, not not touching uh, privilege, but what, you know what no. what are some of your favorite examples of your own workplace? I know you guys did an episode where you talked about uh, summer interns and what have you, and some of your previous uh, previous uh, employers, but uh, talk a little about HR shenanigans in your own lives that's good lead-in because our favorite personal shenanigan involves summer interns <laughs> yeah <laughs> we were trying to think back for one that we we both were part of this is this is going back a ways because okay. mark and i used to work at the same law firm that's how we know each other and our law firm had summer interns like most law firms do and this one summer we had this one intern i don't want to name him but he was a remarkably just how how would you put it, Mark? He was so he was earnest, earnest, yeah, earnest. Um, and uh, but he was utterly without a sense of humor. Yeah, <laughs> like 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 yeah. if you could take somebody and surgically remove the funny bone, yeah, that had been done to this guy. Yeah, and and we wanted to help him with that. So <laughs> the. The way our law firm worked is that really, really senior partners never really disappeared. They would just be given a smaller office. Their name would still be on that office. And they'd come in every now and then to make an appearance and just let everybody know they were still there. Well, one of the named partners at our firm, this was a pretty large firm, so the named partner was kind of a big deal. Mm-hmm was still alive at like age 105. He was like Montgomery Burns, right? <laughs> and they had an office for him. I mean, if, if memory serves, it was one or two right next to my office. Yeah, it was, it was, it was just close to for me. I don't think I had ever seen the guy. Right? I, don't, I never <laughs> once saw him come. But he had a, an office and his name was on the office. And since it's really just empty real estate, that's what they would put the summer clerks in when they needed an office for the summer. And that's where our friend was put. So our friend was in this <laughs> little tiny associate sized office with the name partner's name out front. And it's got a few of his knickknacks in there, his like office stuff, some of his wall art. So you can see it's like actually somebody's office. But the guy hadn't billed an hour in like 30 years. <laughs> so, you know. So one day the two of us 
were scouring around. So at the time, the firm was losing a floor. They were getting rid of a floor, I think, and there was all this extra furniture. Yeah. And we were down and running junk. around. There was like junk everywhere. Yeah, like late one night, Dennis and I and another colleague of ours were down on that floor, kind of rooting around just to see what junk there was that we could liberate for our own offices. And we found an old TV, like big screen, but like, you know, with the not not a flat screen, like an like old tube TV. like tube. Oh, TV. yeah. Oh, nice. like a 42 inch. It was on giant a giant wheelie, on a giant wheelie cart. Wow. And we were like, well, what can we do with this? Well, it was inside of a crate. No, we created it up. We put paper over. Oh, did we create it? We, it was a TV, and we we put the paper bag over it. That's oh, a, this is okay. like way over ten years ago. Yeah, so. it's memories are sketchy. <laughs> but we took this thing, created it up, and it was huge. Yeah, and we moved it into his office. Yeah, and we it was so it big it barely fit through the door. Yeah, <laughs> but and it's put, not a big office. Like so, it takes up about fifty percent of the office. And. We put it on this, we, we, we crated it up, we papered it up, and we stuck a UPS packing label on it. Addressed to the, the name, name partner. partner. And I think we put a return address of, like, Botswana or something. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> um, Maybe not quite so out there, but it, it was a little out there. And then we wrote a note. Yeah. From unnamed HR person saying... Hey, this package arrived for the named partner. We don't really have a place to put it right now, so we're just going to keep it in your office. Uh, we'll be by to get it in a few weeks. <laughs> oh and it was so heavy that once in his office, I think we had like a pallet jack to get it up there, but once in there, you're not going to move this thing. So we placed it right in front of the front door so that the only way to get past that and be seated at his desk would be literally to climb over the ginormous box. And here's the thing is that anybody that has the slightest bit of a sense of humor would have figured out oh, or skepticism I'm, yeah, or cynicism or any of those things. Any of those things would have figured this out immediately. Like I'm being pranked. Mm-hmm. But he didn't. And no, he, no. Actually, he actually was amused. He thought it was funny. Well, and he held court the next day as people kept coming by down the hall and they'd look in and they'd see this giant thing in his office and he'd be like, oh, it's a package for the named partner. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm supposed to keep it here and I'm supposed to keep it it's safe. It's my job to keep it safe. Yeah. <laughs> and then, so we let it go for a couple of days and then we started to go by and we'd buy like, dude, you got to get rid of this. This is ridiculous. And, and and we'll like, move it for you. And he'd be like, oh, no. No, don't, don't move it. What's his name, name, partner? He could come back any day, and he's going to want his giant box of God knows what. <laughs> we'd be like, yeah, let, 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 let's just move it down to that, like, empty floor. And he'd be like, oh, God, no. And he'd get super defensive around his giant box. And So, I mean, oh I don't gosh. remember exactly how long it was there. It was weeks. It was I mean, weeks. it might have been a month. Yeah. And... Finally, everybody else in the office figured it out. Too. Yeah, it was like <laughs> you know, nobody's seen that partner, and you know, there was no harm years. being done. But at some point, it was like we gotta get the, we gotta like, we gotta do this. So one, one, I think it was a weekend or one evening, we moved it out. Yep, we just and up and moved it. We moved it, and <laughs> we left him a note that said, "Do you remember what the note was from?" No, just to tip him off that. It, it was a, a little bit of a prank. And I said, I wrote him a note and I said, 
this was back in the earlier days of South Park which I was a oh, big yeah. fan of, and there was an episode about the underpants nose. Oh, that's right, the underpants. <laughs> and so I wrote him oh a note, and I said, we came to get our package, sign the underpants nose, thanks for keeping it for us. <laughs> and I moved it out. Oh, my God. And I poked my head in there the next morning, and he's like, you left this note, didn't you? And I'm like, you got me. You totally got me. He's like, well, where did the package go? I was like, I honestly don't know. I thought somebody else can. I just saw that it was gone and I left you a note. <laughs> and to this day, we never told him. No. Oh, my gosh. And he never figured it but out. He was, he was quite upset that the package up. He thought he was going to get blamed. Yeah. We, we, I mean, we made sure that he was fine. Like, we, this was not this like was a spirit no, situation. It was not but a it, career killing move. He was, right. he was given an offer to return as an associate. Yeah, we did all sorts of stuff like that. Don't we, there, there was a stapler we had. You remember, do you remember your stapler? Oh, that, that was not funny. <laughs> was that it a was, swing line? Was it a red swing line? No, it was one of those like giant staplers that like goes through like, like five hundred like, sheets. Yeah, like oh. you can staple like a hundred sheets. And, and Mark would always steal it and hide it. And, and we would take well, we would do. Is I'd have like a, a ream of paper to staple and no way to staple. I it. would take a picture of it, print it out on a color printer, a pic the, up that's where I took it from. So there'd be a picture of his stapler where the stapler actually. So unfun, me. <laughs> <laughs> those were fun days for you. I'm I'm still mad about that. I'm sure. I'm sure. I think we still have a picture. Oh, my goodness. Guys. Well, I still have the, the stapler that you and a colleague of ours put jaws in a little... Oh, yeah, we put a face on it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. It's still in my office with the face. Anyway, this is a half-hour podcast, so... <laughs> yeah, we need to move on. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um... <laughs> I don't even know where to go from that. Uh, but it is now time for everyone's favorite part of our podcast, which is the half hour question, half hour question connection. Um, and so our very, our first question is, do you guys remember how you connected with us? You know, I was thinking about that and I was not coming up with a great answer other than that over the last several months, I first, John, um, and I can't remember if it was LinkedIn first or Twitter first that I discovered you, and or maybe you reached out because you discovered the podcast. But what what really, when I think back years from now, what I'm going to remember about about you know getting to know John is that we're both huge Rush fans, and we do you know John does hashtag Rush Saturday, and I've been thoroughly enjoying that for the last few months that I've been part of that, uh, and that's that's what will stick out in my mind mm. most in terms of how how I got familiar with both of you actually through john first ah. about dennis i think for me it was linkedin i think so too yeah yeah i think so well we always talk about networking and and how how it helps and so can you guys talk just briefly about how it's helped in your careers and and what's been effective for you when it comes to networking well i would say one of my biggest regrets over my career is that I haven't done it consistently or enough. And, you know, Dennis was actually an early blogger uh, for a while while we were still at our old firm. And then he stopped doing that when he left. And then I took it over and I stopped doing it when I left. And then 
we were both in house for a lot of years and I did not do a whole lot of networking while I was in house. I wasn't trying to find clients. I wasn't right. And so when I came out on my own about a year ago, I found myself in a position where I'm trying to build up a business and had not really spent a lot of time, especially locally, maintaining my contacts and trying to build up uh, a network of people that I could look to for potentially for work. And so I sunk myself back into it wholeheartedly and now LinkedIn is my place to do that. And over the last eight months, I've climbed from, you know, a thousand to 15,000 followers on, on LinkedIn, largely organically just through posting and getting to meet people. And it has been world changing for me. Uh, and I would encourage anybody who's out there, whether, you know, pick your medium, like, is it Facebook? Is it Twitter? Is it LinkedIn? But put your content out there, comment on other people's content and people will flock to you. And it's amazing, like the the amount of exposure I've been able to do just from doing an hour to 90 minutes a day, especially early on when I didn't have enough work as I'm starting my own business. Like it was a tremendous experience for me. And I see lots of paths open in my future here. I could keep what I'm doing. I could go back and work for a company again. Whatever it happens to be, though, I will not go back to the way I used to be. I will continue networking and continuing putting myself out there because of the benefit that I see just in terms of who I've met and how I've met them. Uh, my life is richer for it. Hmm. I've had a very different experience than Mark. Um, I spent a lot of time doing exactly what Mark described and getting absolutely nowhere. I probably shouldn't have chosen Tinder as a man. <laughs> um, That's just awesome. What, what I did find interesting, though, is... <laughs> I recently changed jobs. I went from an in-house gig to a law firm gig again. And when I, it was a law firm where I knew some folks, I wasn't a complete unknown commodity, but I was amazed when I went in to chat with these guys that half of them had heard of our podcast and yeah. several of them were actually listeners. Yeah, the podcast oh, wow. too. I should have said the podcast yeah. has been great for networking also. Yeah. Following up to that, and my poor son is going to have fun editing the audio and the spikes, I'm sure, with the <laughs> thanks to this, you make me laugh, but it's going to make it more entertaining, I think. But uh, kind of in that same vein, when it, uh, beyond networking, who, who do you guys read or follow when it comes to trying to gain insight on employment law and, and HR issues of the day? Wow, there's so many. Um, yeah. I you know and and many of them have been on our podcast. Now. Yeah, I was going to say I'm a huge John Hyman fan when it comes to um, employment law blogs. Dan Schwartz is another one. Yes, yeah, Suzanne Lucas, she's been on our podcast, yeah. and um, I've gotten to know her very well over the last four or five months, and she's she's wonderful, and and I think she comes from a different perspective on a lot of issues, uh, and uh, sometimes I agree, and sometimes. I don't agree, but I think having different perspectives around HR and employment issues is is enriching for everybody. Uh, I highly recommend uh, uh, her, Kate Bischoff. Kate, uh, can't say a, enough about awesome. Kate. Ton of great stuff. Um, I like Eric Meyer. Uh, he's out of Philadelphia. Uh, and uh, Jeff Nowak's fem FEMLA, uh, I say FEMLA, we have a whole debate on <laughs> our, right? FMLA <laughs> insights, sorry, Jeff. Um, uh, you know, there's there's so many, but th that's who I'm I'm largely spending time looking at. Make sure I I, I see what they're doing uh, every day. But I I have a whole feed, and I I just try to keep an eye on on all of it, and it's just too much to take in. So uh, that that's who I focus my time and energy on largely. 
uh, Kate's awesome. She is such a fun person. I love hanging out with her. So, um, so we do like to talk about um, some non-work related things too. So we always ask, what's your favorite movie? Dennis, favorite Sit- movie? Yeah, it's it's easy. Um, Citizen Kane. That's a good I've, one. That's a good I've one. been a huge Citizen Kane fan for a long time. I I was sitting here knowing that this question was coming and been completely unable to come up with the one that I'm like, oh, yeah, like, because there's so many. And I'm like, if it's like, what have I seen the most? Princess Bride, hands down, one of the best movies ever. Uh, But like for me, I'd go back and I think maybe one of your prior guests said this too. correct me if I'm wrong, but Casablanca, I I just think is one of the best written unbelievable movies. Dennis is looking at me funny. Oh. I don't think he's ever realized that I love that movie so much. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm, it's not a look of surprise that it's not a great movie. It's a look of surprise that that's... That's my, yeah. one of my favorites. I love, I think I could watch that a million times. It's a great flick. Huh. It is good. I, I really enjoy that movie, too. It's been a while. I'm, I might have to pull that one out. <laughs> <laughs> Twice now that's come up. That's, that's great. Yeah. Now. And second time for Princess Bride, too. Oh, oh yeah. is it really? Steve yeah. Brown also said Prince Steve Brown Bride. brought that one up, yep. Man, I I feel very unoriginal now. But but that that just tells me that your guests are of a certain caliber of awesomeness. That's right. There you go. Well, I'm looking forward to this one. How about as far as your favorite musician or band? Well, Rush would be a really easy answer. And if I look back over time, like yeah, that's probably my my favorite band in terms of consistency over the years. The last three or four years I've been, and, and, and Dennis doesn't necessarily agree with me on this. We go to a lot of concerts together. Uh, the Avett Brothers is one of my absolute favorite bands to listen to and watch and see live. And I've seen them probably five or six times over the last four or five years. Uh, they're fantastic uh, and highly recommend. And, and I'm not like anti Avett Brothers. No, I just, you don't find it as much of a religious I'm not a fanboy in the way that Mark is. Yeah. Um, I also enjoy Rush. I don't. Dennis and I went to a Rush concert together. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I, I, I sure. Yes. Yeah. I sort of have the zeal of the newly converted when it comes to Rush. Um, I am a huge devotee of Prince and have been oh. since I was a, a probably, gosh, I want to say like 13 year old. Um, Can't I, go wrong there. Yeah, you know, that's that's just good music right there. Totally agree. Good choices. Um, favorite TV shows. You want you want to lead off? My all time favorite, Six Feet Under. Wow, it's a good one. That's a good one. That was that's a little. A that's a little. I watched that all the way through. It was a little. Got a little dark for me in places. I, for me, my all time show is The Wire. Like that's mm. just. And that didn't get dark in places. <laughs> oh, it got dark, but it did, not in quite so much of like the like let's let's talk about death every time, every episode, all the time, kind of way. It, there, there was plenty of death on the wire. Don't get me wrong, but like it's a different. I just thought it was as a as a narrative arc for a show, brilliantly plotted, brilliantly acted. Um, and I am not like a cop show. I do not like cop shows generally, and I I could watch the wire over and over, and I have. Watch it over and over. <laughs> huh. So between The Wire and Cop Rock, which would you say it's call? Yeah. Okay. Cop Rock? <laughs> It'll be NYPD Blue. Uh, no. That was a pretty no. good one. Yeah, no. Uh, that The Wire. So when you're not watching Cop Rock, 
Casablanca, Princess Bride, uh, not seeing the Avett Brothers or Rush or all the things we just talked about. What else do you guys like to do outside of work? Well, uh, I mean, we talked actually a little bit. Uh, hiking is a huge part of our lives. So, so uh, Dennis and I both like to go hiking. We do that during when the weather gets nice. We're out every weekend. We climb Mount St. Helens together every year. Uh, four times now we've done that. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so that's a huge part of my life. And now, uh, you know, my kids are getting old enough that they, they like to come along and do that. And uh, Dennis's son's actually going to potentially climb Mount St. Helens with us this year. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, which will be great. Um, outside of that, it's mostly kid activities. Uh, I mean, I'm a huge sports <laughs> fan. Uh, my, one of my daughters plays soccer. The other one is a black belt in Taekwondo. Uh, wow. And I have come around to just thinking that as a martial art, it's a beautiful thing. Uh, and I love going to watch her do that. Um, so a lot of it revolves around kid activities and sports. My kids are a bit older, so my time's freed up in a different way. Um, my whole life... I have been a music nut and still am um, listening, playing, going to concerts, all that stuff. So whenever I have free time, it's filled with music. Dennis has restored, you know, old LP player speakers oh, wow. like he has a wood shop and we're sitting down amongst all of his newly built LP collection, which is extraordinary. So uh, when he says that, do not take it lightly. <laughs> Dennis, what do you play? Um, mostly guitar. Okay. He was in a lawyer band. Nice. Oh, nice. And, and they're did, actually good. They're very a, good. You did a cop rock musical, right? <laughs> yes. Or LA Hall, a, maybe. De- Dennis was a lyricist and guitarist for the That's cop great. rock musical. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Nice. Well, this this leads into our last question very nicely. If you weren't practicing law, what do you think you'd be doing professionally? Obviously, Dennis will be writing um, lawyer musicals. Uh, yes, so. <laughs> absolutely. Um, but what do you think you'd What do you think you'd actually be doing if you weren't a lawyer? <sighs> is hobo a career? It, it, it says you can make professionally. It, so. I don't know if you can do that. I mean, it might be a career. Is it a professional career? You could ride uh, the rails. I could. I, I envision myself being a street busker. No, no, I'm serious. I, can I see that, sure. If it, if it wasn't for the okay. law, I think I'd be, you know, traveling from town to town, playing my guitar on street corners for spare change. <laughs> Mark's laughing. Yeah, no, he's looking at me with a straight <laughs> face. I'm like, but do like, you not know me? No, I mean, <laughs> all right. I guess oh. I can see it. I'm I, not I, saying I'd be successful. I I I would um, I'd be a pilot. No. Oh. Uh, my vision went bad too early to take that as a career option, but now with LASIK, if I had an as a teenager, I would have tried to to parlay that into being a pilot of some sort. I love flying, and I've flown planes uh, a few times, and it's there's there's very little like it, and I I just love it. So that's what I would have tried to pursue as a career in some form of aviation, but it was not to be. Very cool. Well, I have to say, well, I'm sorry it didn't work out. I'm glad it didn't because we wouldn't be talking to you today. But uh, I do want to congratulate you guys. You su- you survived the slightly modified question connection. Uh, you, know, you said it was rough. About, hey, hey, it it's rough. 30 minutes, but hey, it's two of you. So if we went a little longer, yeah. it made sense. But um, yeah. 
again, I, I can't thank you guys enough for taking part today. And, and this is the time of the show where we uh, hand the floor over to you and let you know, to let people know about the podcast, your websites. How, how do you want people to get in touch with you out there on the Internet? Well, the Hostile Work Environment Podcast. We have a website, hwepodcast.com. You can find us in iTunes and most other places where you listen to podcasts. Except Spotify. We hate Spotify. Yeah, Spotify <laughs> had like a whole approval thing, yeah, and we, we just, just haven't done it yet. Nope. Ah. And, um, yeah, so you can't find us there. No. Um, uh, but yeah, website, HWE Podcast. Uh, if you, uh, one of the things we're always looking for is listener stories. Uh, and so, uh, if, if any listeners here have stories, fun employment law stories that we can read on the air, we keep it anonymous, uh, so that we're not exposing you, uh, and you can change names and change facts just to protect the innocent, uh, or not so innocent. Um, <laughs> you can email those to stories at hwepodcast.com. Yeah. Uh, and I keep an eye on that email account. And uh, we're on Twitter at HWE Podcast. Yeah, we have a Facebook page that I haven't updated for about two weeks now, which bad, <laughs> bad me. Yeah. Um, but you can. Yeah, we're all over. We're both on LinkedIn. Yeah. Um, Friendster. Friendster. MySpace. MySpace. Um, <laughs> Even, Tinder. even if even Tinder. If you're Tinder. On Tinder, I'm not putting that in the show notes, but I will put the rest <laughs> of it. So, uh, so, Wendy, how can how can our listeners find you? My favorite way to connect with people is Twitter. Uh, that's Wendell W Y N D A L L nine three, um, or on my blog mydailyjourney.com. Uh, and also be sure to join us on the fourth Sunday of each month at 7 p.m. Eastern time for the HR Social Hour chat on Twitter. John, how about you? can always find me on Twitter at John, J-O-N, underscore Thurmond, T-H-U-R-M-O-N-D. I'm also happy to connect on LinkedIn. I ask if you do, though, uh, want to connect there, just send me a note. Let me know that you heard the podcast. Maybe you picked us up from Hostile Work Environment and, and wanted to connect. I'd appreciate that. If you have a comment or question about the show or the monthly chat, you can send us an email. That's hrsocialhourpodcast at gmail.com. You'll also find our Facebook page if you search for HR Social Hour. You can find the show at hrsocialhourpodcast.podbean.com. We're on iTunes, Podbean, Podchaser, and hrpodcasters.com. We'll add additional providers if you're able. You're right. Uh, Spotify is an interesting beast, and so is uh, Google Play. But uh, if you like what you hear, regardless of the platform, the best thing you can do and the easiest thing you can do, rate and review us. Five stars goes a long way. It helps get us a lot more visibility and just continue to build uh, build the network and, and what we're doing. So again, Mark, Dennis, can't thank you enough for being with us tonight. Mm -hmm. and, oh, uh, thank you guys. It's been an yes, honor. Thank you it's so much. Great. It's a pleasure. Look forward to, uh, look forward to being on, on your show and we'll tell folks to be on the lookout for that. But for the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast, I'm John. And I'm Wendy. And as always, be sure to connect. Give back and Network. Network. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye.